Welcome to The Author Show, where we feature new authors and books, from fiction to self-help and everything in between. You'll find it all at theauthorshow.com. That's theauthorshow.com. And now let the show begin. Welcome to The Author Show. I'm Danielle Hanson, your host. Now, before I bring in today's guest, a quick reminder that selected interviews on The Author Show are available in our iPhone app, which can be downloaded in the App Store, as well as on television on the Roku channel and Amazon Fire TV. Our app name on all platforms is simply The Author's Show. My guest today comes from Europe, the Netherlands to be exact. Following studies in clinical psychology, then graduating in international marketing, he had a very successful career as an entrepreneur in the packaging industry and eventually sold his business to the largest distributor in the packaging world and moved to volunteering, investing, and advising companies, including one specializing in environmental and issue, which eventually led him also to become the author of Call Me Joe. His name is Martin Vaness, and you will find out more about Martin at thejoeproject.eu. Welcome to the Author Show, Martin. Good morning from the Netherlands. Good morning. And good evening to you. And without giving anything away, would you please, Martin, start by giving us a brief synopsis of Call Me Joe? Sure. One afternoon, the sun suddenly falls out. It's pitch dark all over the world. And when the light reappears, a man also appears. Call him Joe, claiming to be the son of God. This scenario is the basis uh, of the story. What if a cool contemporary Jesus returned to earth, becoming a viral hit because of his special talents? You must know he heals people and speaks every language. What would he think we made of it in the past 2000 years since he left us? And how would our world leaders, the church leaders, the media, scientists react to him? What would you do if it was really him? Can he align us to solve humanity's tremendous problems? Or should he fear being stopped by the establishment again, since they want to keep the status quo? Well, that in short is the story I made up for Call Me Joe. So what's behind your choice of title? Call Me Joe, yeah. The name Jesus always elicits dramatic responses. Too many people have, have argued and fought about it over the centuries. Simply has too many connotations. Some are wonderful, of course, but many painful. It carries too much baggage with it. Then a child comes up with an alternative name, which is Joe. And the man likes it. It's short for Joseph, a name that feels comfortable because his stepfather long time ago had that name. So he says, call me Joe. Well, it could have been Jay or Josh, but we <laughs> prefer Joe. It's, it's a very international name. Indeed it is. Now, what motivated you to write Call Me Joe? Oh, it's, it's quite ambitious. With Call Me Joe, I want to contribute to the discussion on how the human race can survive. As we all know, mankind has a lot of challenges. We have overpopulation, the climate change, the virus at the moment, technological threats, future lack of fertile soil, a very unjust distribution of wealth, etc., 
I doubt very much if our world leaders feel the responsibility to set up a global survival strategy together. Their priorities, unfortunately, are at a national level or based on self-interest like being re-elected or expanding their power. But they must find solutions to the current global problems and, and quickly. Otherwise, it's game over, I'm afraid, for our future de generations. And call me Joe offers some radical solutions wrapped up in a page-turning adventure story. That's a lot of thoughts in a simple title. Oh my goodness, certainly did not expect that. So who do you think should read your book, Call Me Joe? Who do you see as your ideal reader? Because the whole point of this is that you want people to wake up to all of this. I hope that my novel will be read by anyone who loves a beautiful and exciting story, but is also interested in human interest. What should our leaders do? What could we do as individuals, as a world citizen, improving our own behavior? And can the dogmas of different religions be put into perspective to practically help the global population? Can we reduce together intolerance and feed solidarity? Are new forms of government ur urgently needed? People who are interested in those things, I would love them to see reading uh, Call Me Joe. You mentioned very earlier on, Jesus, are you a religious man yourself? I'm sorry, no, but I'm very interested in religion. I've always been, and I admire the philosophy of Jesus. I have to admit that I would find it sort of disappointing if, if there were absolutely nothing when we die. Yeah. But I realize in that case, we wouldn't know that there was nothing, <laughs> nothing would we? But no, I'm not religious. I, I cannot believe in a God that has created everything, including the evolution processes. However, I wouldn't mind at all if that were the case. Well, you just mentioned the word processes. Now, the writing process for Call Me Joe was a collaborative one across the Netherlands and the United Kingdom. So what happened there? Well... A few years ago, I made up the storylines and I had a very clear idea on what kind of book I wanted to have published. And I discussed the basics of the story with a lot of people and, and they all loved it. So they stimulated me to write a book, but I had no experience and education as a writer at all. It's a real profession. I'm, I'm very used to write, but creating a novel of 100,000 <laughs> words is something else. Yeah. And I became conscious that the story about Joe is far too good to just give it my best try. And happily, there were two very wise ladies who advised me to hire a ghostwriter. The Dutch publisher of the book found Andrew Crofts promoting him as the best ghostwriter in the world. And so I gave him a call. He was very interested. I went to London and we chatted about the book. And I immediately decided to work with Andrew. I invited him to the gorgeous uh, Dutch island Terschelling. It's a difficult word, Terschelling. And we spent some time there discussing all the topics in the book. We really liked and uh, inspired each other. And I think after we wrote the book, I'm very sure it, it was one of the best decisions I ever made. I, I really love his writing style. He's a great man to work with. He always sticks to his promises. A lot of humor, great way with words. I really loved writing a book with Andrew Crofts. But the consequence was that we had to write it in English. And as you know, I'm Dutch. Yeah. As a businessman, I'm, I'm used to talk and write in English. But of course, it's easier 
to write a book in your native language. And of course. other consequences uh, were that I had to translate the manuscript back into Dutch and that I had to hire two different marketing and PR teams since the book market and the culture in the UK differs from the Dutch in many ways. But working with Andrew was fully worth it. Well, I'm glad you had such a great experience. So going back to Joe, have you ever met anyone like the Joe that he described in your book? Have you ever met anyone like that in real life? Interesting question. Well, uh, every person is unique, especially Joe with his exceptional background. Unfortunately, I haven't met a person like Joe. Uh, Call Me Joe describes 12 life guidelines as to how we as individuals could live to achieve a better world together. And I'm convinced that if you use these guidelines in your daily life, you will become more and more like Joe. And that would be a wonderful challenge for all of us. Well, I will come back to the uh, 12 life guidelines in a second. But before I even get there, there's one thing in your book that I found quite unusual. You have included a SWOT analysis in a fiction book. What's the story behind that? Because, And for those who do not know what SWOT means, would you please clarify that a little bit for us? Yeah, let's start with that. SWOT is short for strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. It's used as a start for defining a strategy. If you are really aware of the most important strengths and weaknesses in an organization and you know the main opportunities and threats in the market, it's generally not that difficult to find some strategic options. And besides being an entrepreneur, I've always been a strategic consultant to larger family businesses. And it's a bit old-fashioned technique, but I like to use it. And at one moment, I decided to make such a SWOT analysis of mankind. Mm -hmm. The outcome worried me as a person, as a father and a grandfather. We really have to think outside the box to tackle the crisis uh, facing our planet today and tomorrow. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Now, you also include in Call Me Joe a global plan. Do you think realistically that it could work? Um, the book offers a solution direction based on a number of principles. First, a global plan is needed for the survival of humanity. Second, we must have committed and reliable leaders who will transparently communicate the global plan and execute it effectively. And three, as individuals, we need to interact in a different, more inclusive way together. I really don't see an alternative to arrive at a constructive and harmonious solution. At the very least, it would be worth further study at the highest level. And if there are better alternatives, I would like to hear them. Time has passed. We can no longer put our heads in the sand and try to continue without a cohesive, global, inclusive plan. And what has a higher priority than the survival of mankind? I'm aware there is a United Nations program, 2015-2030, with 17 beautiful strategic development goals, signed by almost every country in the world. It's 2020 now, and if we dare to be honest, we all know that these goals will not be met at all. Window dressing. I'm afraid that's all it is. And I'm quite pessimistic about the chance that our leaders will act in time. And therefore, I realized we would need a higher authority 
like my friend Joe. <laughs> oh, I think we definitely need Joe because when we think about all the politicians, and I'm not going to name any country specifically, but because I think that humankind is such that they're all the same everywhere. You're dealing with a lot of egos in the political arena. Everybody has an ego, but when it comes to politics, my view is there's a lot of ego uh, in there, and that's what's causing a lot of the problems that we have. So given that, how do you see the world in 25 years from now, for example? That's a difficult one. No one can know for sure or predict with a high probability. The coronavirus crisis confirms this more than ever. Yeah. But we can be confident that change will be the only constant. What I want to warn in my book is that if we do not change anything essential, we will live in a world that is downright uh, unattractive. In 25 years, we are close to 10 billion people and we are going to be ravaged by miserable climatic conditions, which in turn will lead to scarcity of essential raw materials, clean drinking water, food. We will see a massive increase in energy consumption. Large groups of the world's population will be forced to flee to better places where they will not be welcomed, I'm afraid. In 25 years, the powerful and wealthy of the earth have been able to greatly expand their power because of their access to, to human improvement programs, big data, extremely advanced artificial intelligence, and autonomous and merciless fighting machines. In the future, people who can afford it will be able to plug information flows directly into their cortex. And they can remove bad experiences like, like heartbreak. And is this too pessimistic a picture? Why? Aren't we going in that direction already? Who is stopping this development? I don't like to think of my grandchildren living in such a society and perhaps in 25 years it's already much worse and as a species we are already largely extinct or we are dominated by machines. Well, I'm not very optimistic, as you can hear. Yes, I can certainly hear that. And unfortunately, I have to say that I totally agree with you on all of that prediction as well, because when you look at what's going on right now, I think we're not even going to need to wait 25 years. We're already on that road right now. But I want to go to the word life, because we are talking about the continuance of life as well. And you mentioned a little bit earlier, 12 life guidelines. How did you come up with them? Well, I grew up with the Ten Commandments. And uh, the Ten Commandments of Moses described in the uh, Old Testament. And some think that these are largely outdated in terms of content and wording and have, to, have often been overtaken by legislation. And I've tried to establish a universal moral compass through 12 simple guidelines. I determined this concept through my own life experiences, self-insight, by reading a lot of books, watching interviews with great thinkers. And I did a lot of interviews uh, before writing my book with politicians, uh, scientists, bankers, entrepreneurs. And in all these interviews that I conducted with experts in various fields, preparing the contents of the story, I asked them to read the life guidelines, and ask if they would like to remove or add any, aiming to keep the total at 12. And 
that process led to a limited number of uh, mutations. And over time, most people were able to fully agree with the 12 guidelines featured in Call Me Joe. I think it would be uh, a good idea to study these guidelines and to use them in schools and in educational programs, etc. So go read them. Now, you also based your book, Call Me Joe, mostly in New Zealand. Why in New Zealand, so far away? I love New Zealand. The people of New Zealand, the Kiwis, they call their country God's own country. I checked it out during six weeks with my wife in a camper. And I have to admit, it's by far the most beautiful place in the world. It's it's not only because of the awesome nature, but especially because of the people. They are so kind, Danielle. Their hospitality and social awareness, they, they are enormous. And they are proud of that. During the six weeks, I did not meet one unkind, unfriendly person. When I came back to the Netherlands, it took me half an hour to meet several <laughs> unkind, unfriendly people in the supermarket, which was very, very confronting. I think that our friend Joe made a good decision to choose New Zealand as the alternative place to go. And the second and probably funny reason is that it enabled me to deduct part of my travel cost for, from taxes because it was field research. <laughs> the businessman resurfaces. And I yeah. just I now have to add New Zealand on my bucket list of the places to go. So <laughs> that is so funny. <laughs> Martin, would you please share with us an excerpt from your book? Sure, sure. I love to. In the book, Joe is uh, lovingly uh, received by Sophie, a modern female variation of John the Baptist. She's a key character in the book. So there we go. I'm off to bed, Sophie said. Make yourself comfortable. Help yourself to a towel and anything else you need from the cupboard in the bathroom. There's a sleeping bag over there and I'll see you in the morning. Thank you, he said, showing no sign that he was going to try to stop her leaving the room. Plucking up her courage, she leaned down and kissed him gently on the lips. He tasted sweeter than she could ever have imagined. He responded, but gave no indication that he expected to go any further. She straightened up, pretending that to her it was no more than a good night kiss, and went through to her bedroom, hoping that she might have lit a spark of desire in him, and that he might follow having realized that he had to have her. Despite her exhaustion, she found it hard to get to sleep when she was lying in bed, her mind spinning round and round, listening to the sounds of him moving about in the other room. He had told the children his name was Jesus, and he certainly made himself look like someone from the time of the Bible. But he hadn't tried to preach to her when she announced she was an atheist. He had also hinted that he had something to do with the blacking out of the sun, which seems ridiculous, unless she accepted the fact that he actually was Jesus, and therefore the Son of God. But all her life she had believed that everything to do with religion was nonsense, and that only science held the answers. So did that mean that she was as blinkered to other possible answers as she always thought Religious fanatics were towards scientific facts. Was it actually possible that she had the son of God in her apartment? Even thinking that, 
made her want to laugh. It was laughable, after all, wasn't it? <laughs> Very good passage. Martin, what benefits and enjoyment do you think that your readers will get from reading Call Me Joe? Um, I think the story about Joe is fascinating, exciting, and inspirational one. It, it challenges readers to think about the main problems we have and will have. And it challenges uh, to think in a self-critical way what we could do better ourselves. And we have not forgotten readers who love love stories. Joe is a very charismatic, attractive and healthy man in his mid-30s. And other than, of course, selling your book, which is what authors always want, and that's a normal thing, what do you really hope to accomplish with it? My dream is to have the future of mankind on top of the agenda of our world leaders. Let's be a little bit more visionary. We need a plan. We need united leaders. We need better systems. I am not political. Not at all. I just want my grandchildren to have the same fun and potential as I have been having. It starts with awareness. That's what the Joe Project tries to create. And maybe, thinking about it, maybe a good idea to lock down our leaders until they come up with an ambitious and feasible overall <laughs> plan in order to save mankind. It's, a, it's an actual method, I think. Well, let's put them in quarantine <laughs> like we have been. That would be a good place yeah. to start. And uh, Martin, your book is coming out right now. The concept, as you just mentioned, is the Joe Project with, of course, Call Me Joe being step one. What are your big and audacious goals for the next steps? Well, to be honest, it depends on the success of the book. Um, if it proves popular and the majority of the readers like the book and the solution direction that's suggested in the book, I'm pretty sure there will be a second book and, and something beautiful could arise out of the Joe Project, which is my wider goal beyond the book. I don't know what could happen. Uh, let's see in which way the project develops. My dream is clear. Put the future of mankind on the global agenda with top priority. And this dream, which is an ambitious one, could use massive endorsement. All help accepted. <laughs> I'll second that. Now, where can readers find you and your book? Well, at first place, of course, we have a website. It's uh, thejoeproject.eu, where the books uh, can be bought. And, of course, it's uh, available at the well-known online platforms. And, and it can be bought at the beautiful bookshops in the Netherlands, Belgium, the UK, and Ireland. Next step is hopefully the sales of international translation distribution rights. But let's do the UK and, uh, and Holland first. And... Many authors want to become famous. To be honest, I'm not interested at all. It's not about me. But I realize that readers are interested in the authors, so I will fully cooperate, will answer every question asked, and will be completely transparent because it's for the good cause. It is indeed. And Martin, I want to thank you for spending some time with me today. And yeah, I know you were talking a little bit about, you know, being pessimistic a little bit earlier on the subject, but let's be positive on this particular subject. When you release your next book, will you please come back and share it with our audience again? Because I would really be interested in finding out how the Joe Project is moving along. <laughs> That's very kind. Well, it's a promise. I'll be back. <laughs> 
Thank you very much, Martin. You're very welcome, Danielle. Call Me Joe is the title of the book by author Martin Van S. Go out and get it today and please share this interview with your friends so that they too have the opportunity to discover our guest and his work, especially the work with the Joe Project. And remember, the author show may be accessed at any time at theauthorshow.com and selected interviews can also be found on major platforms like Amazon Fire TV, the Roku Channel, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google Play, and many more. And whether you are an author who would like to be featured or a reader in search for new books to read, theauthorshow.com is a great place to start. I'm Danielle Hampson. Thank you for listening. Until next time with another great author and another wonderful book. Thanks for listening to The Author Show. Find out more about authors and their work at theauthorshow.com. TheAuthorsShow.com. Tune in next time to another great author on The Author Show.